You sit at a desk. They sit at a desk. You have sales reports. They have book reports. You need supplies. They need supplies. Business is a lot like school. That's why your small business should take advantage of back-to-school deals at Staples. Now, Staples 1-inch 3-ring binders are $1.92. One-subject notebooks are just $0.25, cents, and two-pocket poly folders are just $0.35 cents each. Make back-to-school your business at Staples. In-store only while supplies last. Offer ends 9-1-18, limit 30. The Love Zone Disclaimer. You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of The Love Zone USA. You understand that The Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does The Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties to the conduct of listeners or their compatibility with any current or future listeners. In no event shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with their use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA, particularly if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to the Love Zone USA.
Hi, this is Phil Perry. And when I listen to love songs, I listen to Love Zone USA with Mike T. Doesn't get any better.
Yeah, that's my buddy, Mr. Phil Perry. Call me right now, 347-539-5729. If you know what you want in that very special relationship, you need to give me a call right now because in a little while we're going to start things up with uh, our uh, guest who will be in the house in just a little while, Dr. R.G. Allen and Dr. Aaron Chupro. So we're going to be talking about hardball tonight, hardball questions. As you know, I've said it many times that uh, relationships and marriage, and I think most marriages, um, end up in divorce because of finance, sex, compatibility, family, and abuse. Usually you can take abuse off the table if you know the person is not abusive. There's probably one other area. If you cause a person a lot of drama in your life, that's probably a reason that people end up at their marriage counselors or for divorce. So the philosophy of the show is that if you concentrate on the dating aspect and the choices that you make, you probably have less chance of ending up in that uh, divorce pile. So that's what we're concentrating on. We want you to listen to your heart. This show is all about educating, elevating, and more importantly, entertaining. We want, you to, we want to do that for you. By the way, if you are out there and you have a business or know someone who has business, feel free to give us a uh, shoot us an email, sales at masterpiececorp.com. That's masterpiece, like the theater, corp, C-O-R-P, dot com. And one of our business consultants will be glad to uh, help you with one of our either first date packages, engagement packages, or relationship packages. Uh, we have various packages to fit your budget, so be sure to shoot us an email. As I've opened up the chat room, for those of you who are not willing to get on the phone tonight, uh, the chat room is now open. All you have to do is log on to our website, Love Zone USA. Send us a chat. My um, producer will be here shortly, and uh, he'll be taking your chats. And uh, if you have a question or you want to say something that you don't want to do on the, on the Internet live, then uh, just send us a chat message. The number, again, is 347 347- 539-5729, and in just a minute, I'm going to take you into some more great music, because what I got for you right now is all about this show, and what is this show about? Hardball questions and due diligence. Who are you really dating? You know, they tell you they love you, they're infatuated with you, but is that the real representative, or are they just playing a game? Well, if they are. This song is dedicated to them because tonight's show, my first choice, Inside the Love Zone, this ain't no game. It's a love.
That's Friends of the Love Zone, the Mighty Mighty Manhattans, featuring Carol Austin on lead vocals. Darling, you, Cindy, Blue, and Troy, it was a pleasure to have them on the show and do our champagne toast and to the celebrities. Well, the nice show, like I said, is about hardball questions and due diligence, and we're going to have our guests in just a little while. My name is Mike T. And when we're talking about hardball and when you're dating, when should you ask these questions? You know, it's about exploring and finding out if that person is the real representative. Well, we're going to help you do that with our guests tonight. Uh, they'll be here in just a little while. And uh, my name is Mike T. I'm here to be the host. And as we say, the Love Zone is a place where you can live and learn. And more importantly, you know, we want you to be able to just uh, live and learn and listen to your heart. As we're going to do a little bit more right now with that, darling, you send me. We're going to take you from them. The Mighty Manhattans into the Temptations and Woman here inside the of the It should be handled 
Our guest from last week, the Mighty Mighty Temptations, woman, man needed woman, and uh, I do believe that woman needs man. And now we're going to get right into our show. Uh, we have one of our guests on the line, a gentleman out of Atlanta, and we always try to bring the best to you so that we can help you in your ultimate desire to choose a lifelong partner. This gentleman that I'll be speaking with that is one of our guests tonight. He's a relationship expert. He's written books, uh, very successful, and he's counseled uh, or taught people during the past 15 years, and many of them are now happy in life and love relationships. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you uh, Dr. Tupo. Doctor, are you with me? Hello, doctor. Let me bring him on the air now. Hello, Dr. Tupo. Just bear with me. I'm get my little mouse working here. Hello, Doctor. Doctor, are you with me? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. My mouse wasn't working there for a minute. Welcome. Welcome to the Love Zone. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm uh, doing excellent. Happy. Glad to be here. Good, good, good. 
Well, I was telling our audience uh, that uh, we'd like to bring the best and the brightest on, and uh, I figured I'd let them tell you a little bit of, let you tell them about your background and what you've been doing in the area of Atlanta as far as uh, relationships and therapy. I want to tell our audience a little bit about your background. Sure, sure. Um, I am a uh, licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, and what I do is I am a therapist. I specialize in love relationships, and I'm um, the black love doctor of Atlanta. So uh, if it's a love relationship issue, that's who uh, people come to, me here in in the A-Town. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And uh, as you and I spoke the other day, this show is about hardball questions and due diligence. And I mentioned to you that, you know, many people start dating a person and they're trying in that process of getting to know them. I, as I explained to you, my feeling is if we concentrate on the dating aspect of it a little bit more, maybe people can make better choices and uh, prevent some of the uh, record-breaking, I guess, divorces that we have now. What's your feeling about the dating process, Doctor? Um, I think it's uh, not done well. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am on the same page, on the same wavelength with what you just said. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in the old proverb that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And when I was doing my therapy with people, I was looking and I was saying, you know what, a lot of my clients are making the same mistake that I made in my first marriage because I was married once before. And right now I'm happily married, uh, been happily married since 1992, um, and I have three wonderful kids. But before that time, I was not making good decisions, and I had a previous marriage where I just jumped into that relationship out of love or emotional whims and not making rational decisions in a lot of my relationships. So I said, a lot of my clients I saw were making the same mistakes. You know, we spend more time choosing our vacation lots of times or choosing the car we're going to buy than we do choosing who we're going to hook up with as a a partner, as a mate. And so that's why I wrote my book. It's an Essence Magazine bestseller. It's called The Harmonious Way, A Success Guide to Selecting a Compatible Mate. And what I talk about through the book is just how to go about getting in touch with yourself, knowing what you want, and coming up with a, getting an idea, a profile of the right type of person for you. Okay. And when you were making those mistakes, as most of us have done, I always say we've made bad choices, uh, what would you say that most people do from your practice, and I'm sure you see it a lot, uh, is common that most people do as far as making those bad choices? What do you see most common? Uh, we go based on our inclination rather than our intention. I'm a big believer in being powerful people. All my clients, I make sure that they're powerful people, that we help them be powerful. Lots of times we just go on these inclinations. For me, if the girl was fine and the sex was good, I was in love. All right? And so a lot of people, they make similar decisions. If brother's getting paid or it's just something about that person, one or two things, we go with our emotional inclinations. And when we do that, rather than live life through intention, we end up making bad choices in the long run. Mm, okay. I've always said that there are five reasons for divorce, and uh, the five that I've come up with is finance, sex, family, abuse, and compatibility. I've also thrown an outside one in there where I think uh, you hear a lot of in, in, in the uh, younger generation, they say baby mama drama or just drama uh, just drama, period, in, in a relationship. So, you know, like I said to you the other day, one of the 
favorite questions I have is a hardball question. Now, the time span is when to ask this question. Maybe, you know, maybe not on the first date. Maybe, uh, you know, I, I would say it's when the two are serious and they want to uh, do a commitment because, you know, I don't know if you agree with me, doctor, but this is just my analogy. Dating is like looking for a job. While you're dating, the person you're dating is dating other people. And right. while you're dating that person, you may be dating other, other people. But at some point, I consider it, somebody says, okay, I want to give you the offer letter, <laughs> what I call the offer letter, which is our commitment. Now, that commitment may last 90 days before we go back in the file and look for another resume of one of the people that we're dating. But at that commitment stage where we're, we're stating we're going to be committed, now we're going to spend our time exclusively with one another, I think that's the time to discover and, and, and bring out hardball, harder-edged questions to really get to know that person. What, what do you think about that philosophy? I am right on the same page with you again. So, I mean, this is great to hear this stuff. <laughs> I'm glad to hear other people saying these things. Uh, it is. It is like uh, trying to find a compatible career. And I sometimes I'll use the same analogy that you need to take the time out and really think through uh, who you're getting involved with, especially something that's so important, probably even more important in your career, it's like who you're going to hook up with in a lot of, a lot of areas. And so we need to ask these serious questions, and that's the problem is that people won't ask these questions. They'll say, well, we love each other, and that's all that matters. No, that's not all that matters. I mean, love is good, but it's not enough. I mean, one of the major issues is compatibility. And so that's what I'm big on the compatibility factor because love is not enough to um, hold you together. A better question, not do you love each other, but can you live together for the long haul? Right. And what would you say, you know, I had, I had a gentleman on, I won't talk about uh, that just yet, because he mentioned something, uh, two ingredients that really make up a marriage. But what would you say in the compatibility area, the things that people should look for when they're looking in that category of compatibility initially? Ideas of what a marriage uh, looks like, what it means, uh, the ideas of uh, what they feel about male and female, uh, gender roles, uh, ideas about finances, ideas about kids, ideas about parenting, uh, goals of uh, whether you want kids or not, that's a big one, uh, drugs, alcohol, uh, what marriage means, commitment, there's a lot of different things. So all those things are definitely the big issues that need to be talked about. Finances, if I didn't say that, that's definitely important. <laughs> yeah, I guess... To me, that would probably be the number one reason why most people get divorced. And I always say it's very easy to be with someone while they got it going on, or life is peachy creamy. As my pastor once said, you know, if you ain't seen no rain in your life, just keep on living. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like if you meet me while I've got a great job, I'm working on Wall Street, I got a limousine that picks you up and flowers in the back every time, and then we get together during the I call, let's say, at the high point of my career. And then, as you say, two people hook up. Then if I lose that job, my my question then relies on adversity. How does this person handle adversity? And that tells me really who the real person is. I got an email ages ago that I just loved. It says, people are like tea bags. Uh, they, show, they show their true colors when they're in hot water. Exactly. <laughs> I like that, you know, too. The adversity part in, in, in dating is where I, you find out who you're really, really with. And, you know, I don't know if you want to speak to that, but uh, what you found, because I think what 
like you said in the beginning, most people are hooked up for these, like you say, emotional reasons. And then, you know, with his love, sex, that, that whole nine, they haven't really gotten to know the person. Now, I would presume when they've gotten to your office and they need help or therapy, what, what do you think are the most common denominators that you, you, you see that they didn't see in the beginning when they were blinded by this emotional thing that, that, that you find that they didn't question? I see a lot of, a uh, couple of different themes. Uh, one theme I see is uh, uh, people, some people who want to continue to live a single life even though they're married. Uh, typically, it tends to, typically it tends to be the male. Uh, he doesn't want to, um, he doesn't want to skip a beat, just want to keep going like he's been going <laughs> and not want to do the family thing. But wants to do it but doesn't want to change the lifestyle. Um, the the female um, the tendency thing that I tend to see with her tends to be her verbal aggressiveness and uh, wondering how come uh, he doesn't want to come home because you know she tends to be very verbally aggressive. Both male and female I have seen uh, what really disturbs me is this whole um, uh, touting independence like it is like the the be all and end all. Uh, we hear it on, we hear songs about it. We hear it touted on talk shows that you got to be independent and all these things. And um, the other thing too is putting money above uh, people, putting money above relationships. And so these are the same factors I see over and over again in my office. Like uh, I got to get people readjusted to hold a high value for family, not just say it, but really mean it and live it. Right. Right. Because I would think one of the other things, you know, like I said, five reasons for divorce, finance, sex, family, abuse, and compatibility, and we'll throw drama in as a sixth thing that's on the side. With the family, I see that you're dating someone, and it's just the two of you. Mm -hmm. And then when you have a child, that changes the complexity of the relationship. You're not having the attention given. The man is not getting the attention that he got before. The woman is tending to the baby a lot more. And in this day and age of society, I guess fathers are now tending to uh, deal with the children a lot more than they did uh, when I was growing up. Um, now we're into the family situation. How has have you heard anything in regards to what people are saying in, as far as lack of time or, or time and attention? What what do you hear in that area as far as possibly causing people to have relationship problems? Oh, definitely. Again, you know, this is why I like compatibility uh, so much because when you're with somebody, you have to be with them, and they have to be compatible with you in a lot of areas. You've got to have a lot of things going on. Because if it's just one or two things that are holding you together, if one or two things change, then it's a wrap. If all if all mm. that was together was our good romantic times together and not any compatibility, when baby comes along, you can uh, say goodbye to a lot of those romantic times for a while <laughs> because <laughs> it's not about you anymore. You know, uh, we tend to go on the back burner, just to be real about it. Not that we should, but we just tend to do that. And if you can understand that that's just kind of a natural way things happen, uh, then you won't be so upset about it. Uh, but some people think that it's supposed to still uh, stay the same even when baby comes along, and that's not altogether that realistic. But if you're if you're together for the person more than just for the romance and attention, uh, then you can uh, you can keep it going. You can keep it in stride. Right now, now you hear a lot of women talking about uh, you know I want I want a friend I want a friend, but then 
they tend to, when women put men in a friend box, it's like a sandbox that that kid can't get out of. <laughs> it's like they've got cages around it or something. You know, when women put men in the friend box, they they just don't seem to let them out. Now, and, and they want the romance. They do want the romance. So what's the balance there, Doctor, as far as, you know, as you said, it shouldn't be all about the romance. You should be friends. You should be partners. And that's what you've got to grow into and understand that because usually in the beginning, it's a lot of, like you say, emotion, love, sex, that. Now, that wears down to the two of you being real. And and how do you feel about that compatibility as far as friendship? Right. Whereas usually actually, women don't want a friend. They want a lover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually... Uh, if you're wise and uh, smart, when you choose somebody to be with for a long term, you will choose somebody who's your friend. Unfortunately, that type of maturity and wisdom uh, doesn't come to females after they've been dogged out <laughs> in relationships and they get up age a little bit. Uh, we all tend to have to learn our, our lessons. Uh, like I'll, I'll tell men, you know, we 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 pass a lot of women by because she wasn't dressed like a hoochie in the club, and so we don't. Pay attention to the good quality women who aren't dressed like a hoochie, and so we we pass a lot of good women by. I tell uh, my female clients they pass a lot of good men by because he doesn't have a little thug in him, or you know you hear these types of things. He's not a challenge, or he's he's so nice and he's just a friend. I don't want to mess up the friendship. And so I say, au contraire, you have that's the person you need to be paying attention to. He needs to be on your radar screen. On one side of your mouth, you saying ain't no good men out there, but the other side of your mouth, you ain't paying attention to the ones who are out there. And so if you have the wisdom and the smarts, what I try to coach my females to do is to uh, look at the people who are good quality characters. Now, you hear a lot of women saying, well, yeah, he's my friend, he's a nice guy. And then they use this word chemistry, which is very vague for me. <laughs> it's very vague. Chemistry. Okay, so you don't have chemistry with your friend. But yet you can go to the beach with him, you can go to the picnic, you can talk about everything under the sun, you can call him up any time of day or night, he can play Dr. Phil for you about anything that's going on in your life, but you don't have this chemistry. What do you, what do you have to say to women about that, uh, Dr. Well, uh, they need to examine what that chemistry is. Uh, lots of times that chemistry that they're looking for is uh, like a uh, – uh, an addiction to drama or an addiction to thrills. And so they don't know what it is. It just stirs them up. And lots of times, especially if they grew up in a household where there was drama or wasn't a good relationship between or the father wasn't present or what have you, uh, they're addicted to drama, and they're, they only feel chemistry toward people who are bad for them. And so mm. it's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. And so they'll end up in a bad relationship after bad relationship after bad relationship and complaining there ain't no good men out there. That's because you're only feeling this chemistry because you, you're addicted to drama. And so that can be a negative thing. Now, the other thing, too, that women tend to be attracted to, which doesn't have to be drama, is men who are powerful. And so uh, they just have to recognize what's going on. And sometimes the bad boy, the thug, exudes power because he, he tends to be very um, – uh, contrary or, or rebellious, and that exudes power. And so they just feel like, ooh, you know, he's just hitting my buttons. I don't even know what it is. And but it, but that bad boy is, is not going to just be bad to society. Eventually, he'll be bad to you. Absolutely, absolutely, 
Doctor, I'm going to take a pause. We're going to try to get some calls in here. I'm going to go into some music, if you don't mind hanging on with me for a little bit as we play a little bit of music and hopefully get some calls in here. And uh, soon, hopefully, uh, Dr. R.G. Allen will be joining us. You don't mind hanging with me here inside the love zone, do you, Doctor? No problem. No problem. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go into some music right now with uh, Bonnie James. It's yours truly, Mike T. with Dr. Tupo, and we're talking about hardball questions and due diligence here inside the love zone right now. I want you to give us a call if you've got a question for Dr. Tupo. Uh, give us a call at 347-539-5729 as we take you on a ride with Bonnie James and Jai <laughs>
MP3 is incomplete. For download go MP3 is incomplete.
little bit of lover's holiday there. If you want to have a lover's holiday and get it right, give us a call, 347-539-5729. I would like to uh, let you know that uh, our guests are here. We have two doctors tonight uh, that can answer your questions and help you find that lover's holiday. So, you know, make sure that you uh, give us a call, 347-539-5729. My name is Mike T. As we discuss hardball questions and due diligence. And uh, right now I'd like to uh, bring in both of our guests, Dr. Tupot as well as Dr. R.G. Allen, who uh, is a specialist and a relationship specialist out of Philadelphia. And I uh, want to make sure that they're both here. And we're going to let them answer your questions. So you feel free to give us a call at 347-539-5729 as we talk about Hardball questions and due diligence, and we want to make sure that, you know, when you're dating, that you find the real representative, hopefully in 90 days or less. I like to say that it's like a job, and uh, and and you should put as much emphasis on, you know, someone you're going to say, till death do you part, or make a lifelong partner, as you do a career. So right now, I'd like to introduce to you, and hopefully she's on the line, our next guest, Dr. R.G. Allen, are you with me this evening? I'm here. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really good. I was just talking to your other guests and saying that it was sort of difficult to to get connected because I was in transit, but I'm glad that I finally oh. was able to. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem. You're never late here. This is home for you. And uh, <laughs> for our audience, <laughs> For audience that may not know you, why don't you tell uh, people that may be new tuning into the Love Zone now uh, a little bit about your background and what you specialize in and uh, about your specialties. Sure, sure. Um, so right now I'm in the Philadelphia area, and I'm a uh, marriage and family therapist, so I mostly deal with relationships, individuals, couples, families, uh, work with a lot of teens around dealing with issues related to their families. You kind of find out when they're acting out that they can show you better than they can tell you that there's something going on in the home with mom and dad. Um, and so I spent a lot of my time at the practice, which is uh, at the organization that I founded, and, and the executive director is called Faith, Inc., uh, which stands for Family and Individual Therapeutic Healing. And we're sort of committed to making sure that we educate through seminars and forums and providing uh, sound therapeutic intervention to families in our communities of diverse backgrounds, and then also integrating whatever their spiritual um, realm comes from, whatever their religion is. Uh, so that's what I do during the evenings and the weekends, and then I direct the clinical program for the couple and family therapy department at Drexel University, and that's sort of my daytime gig. Uh, so I um, am quite busy, uh, sort of trying to, uh, as we call it, as a, in the clinical world, save the world in 50-minute in, intervals or less. And uh, so I'm happy to be here talking about what people really, really, really need to do and uh, their due diligence in, in asking the right questions during the courtship phase so that they don't have to burn on the back end of finding themselves in a relationship that's not the best fit for them. So I thank you for having Oh, I, I love having you, Dr. Dr. Allen, not that I want to, you know, uh, put you guys out of business because I think you have probably some peripheral uh, things that you can do, but 
one of my favorite questions when, when we look at the five reasons that I consider for divorce, one of my favorite questions to ask when two people are supposedly saying they're committed and they're exclusive, and I would like to get both of your opinions on this, I ask a simple question of finance. If you were to get married, what would you choose as a financial um, arrangement? with the partner, and that's a, a simple multiple-choice question, which is, A, two individual bank accounts with one uh, joint account for household bills, uh, B, two separate individual bank accounts, or C, a joint account. Now, I won't give you my answer, but doctors, how do you feel about that question? And, and, and like I said, I, I, would, I want both of you to comment on it. Dr. Tupor, are you with, with me on, a, on air? I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, let me uh, let me talk a little bit about that. Uh, I actually give uh, I actually talk about all three of those uh, positions. Uh, there's a joint pooling is what I say, the pooling your money together. On the other end, you have the two separate accounts, and in between is some combination of the two. And that's what you were saying. I forget which letter you said that was, but it's about having part of it. Uh, you save part for yourself, and you actually have a joint account for different things. Some people will choose to do it for spending, others will choose to do it for saving or what have you. Uh, actually, I personally, what what I do in my family is we do the pooling. We do the uh, complete joint, um, and it works for us. Um, I actually try to get most of my clients to at least do uh, some combination of the two, where you have some separate and some joint. I'm not a big fan of the separate, uh, and the reason I'm not a big fan of the separate is because it keeps people in their cognitions. It keeps them separate. They they don't have this identity of us, we, or as a team. And I've seen it play out. Uh, you pay this bill and I pay that bill. And then they get to arguing. Well, I paid my bill. You didn't pay your bill. You're not carrying your weight. And so we don't have this um, cognition, this position that we're together as a team. And so that's why I recommend at least doing some combination of the two. That's awesome. And, and Dr. Allen, your your take on that? You know, I agree with Dr. Tapur, and I, I, I also think that each couple uh, is individualistically unique in the way that they approach things and certainly what the, whatever models they had for how their parents or their guardians handled money and finances. And I sort of encourage people to really think back on what was demonstrated to them growing up and, and then what is it that they want to apply and integrate into their relationship based on what they've learned from their parents or guardians, and what is it that they prefer not to because either it worked for them and it doesn't work in this day and time with this particular couple, or it didn't work for their parents and they basically said, I don't want to take a page from their book regarding finances. So the first thing is to really talk about it and to really be honest with one another, um, raising the question that you asked, Mike T, how do you see yourself envisioning the way in which you'd like to handle your finances with me as a partnership. What does that look like? What's your ideal? And then let's come up with a five-pronged step process for arriving at that goal, which may be taking from the past, integrating a little bit of the present in order to move towards the future. And if they decide something, quite frankly, that I don't think is very good, um, the reality of it is it's not my relationship. It's theirs. And so as a third party, my job is to be a really good investigator. I think Dr. Tapir would uh, agree with that. And to raise the right questions to allow them the safe place to have the honest dialogue with each other. 
and then help them to move to the place that is most comfortable for them as a couple and to try it out. And if it doesn't work, it's not written in stone. They can sort of go back to the drawing board, evaluate what's worked and what hasn't, and then maybe come up with a different plan based on the lessons that they've learned. Now, I would think that most people, when they're getting ready to come to either one of your offices, they have faced a financial crisis. And I, I've heard before that it not only is financial, but there's some other things going on. But let's just take the hypothetical situation that one has, one of the others has lost their job. I, I don't know this for a fact, but I don't know that people plan for adversity. And I don't know if you found that in your practice, but my question would be, I would think that most of the time that they're coming to see you, that it, it, it's, it's a financial um, adverse situation on one of the other partner's part, and they've learned their habits as they've been in the marriage versus understanding this while dating and engagement. Am I wrong on that? Am I off base? Where, where do you see that when the, 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 uh, the couple is coming into your office for finance problems? Uh, most of my couples don't come for finance problems per se. Uh, the finance problems tends to be uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, especially in this uh, time period, this recession that we're going through, the, uh, the uh, loss of a job or uh, things just not going well financially. And even though they present with that as a presenting issue, it usually starts coming up more some deeper issues as far as trust, uh, communication, and other types of conflict, and it, it took the finances to really put a strain to bring them in and actually don't spend much time actually talking about the finances as we do about the other issues. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Allen, Dr. Uh, what's your take on that? Oh, well, the finances that certainly can be symptomatic, an additional symptom of whatever the origin of the problem is. And so if they really have difficulty communicating about um, hard conversations or uncomfortable conversations and there's a lot of tension there, then clearly financial discourse or stress is going to be one of those. And I agree with Dr. Tafura, they're, they're not necessarily coming in saying this is, at the, this is the presenting problem, but in the final analysis, if you peel back the layers like an onion, you begin to realize that the communication problems are stemming around issues of finances, issues of sex, uh, issues of which I, in reading your, uh, your template, is one of the hardball questions, issues of just uh, difference and how well, it's, this is an interesting factor that people tend to be attracted by someone who is very opposite of them and the very thing that they held in such a high esteem during the courtship often can be the very thing that they have the greatest level of discourse or conflict with during the marriage. So one's a spender, one's a saver. Okay, that was great in the courtship to have that difference and to say, oh, isn't, aren't they great that they know how to save? But when it comes to restricting the finances because you've got to pay the bills versus going out and splurging, that becomes problematic. So you have, couples have to learn how to identify the things that are different and be able to embrace them and then acknowledge also the things that are similar and be able to really um, support those things as well. Well, I tell you, one of my biggest things for finances is I think you have to be able to trust a person. I think money is one route that while dating, if you can find out 
about this person and questioning their their theory, their thinking about money, how they handle the money. If you're really reviewing this person, I think trust has has got to be a big big thing there for me. And and I'm just using this as an opinion that if I can't trust you with my money, then I don't think I should be going to the altar with you. That's one. Two. Um, how you think about money? I, I think the two people should be on the same page. Now, I'm of the I'm of the cloth of what uh, Dr. Tupo said earlier about joint bank accounts because I feel if I'm single, I'm single. Now, I understand a lot of people in today's society want to have their own individualism, their own identity, and Dr. Tupo talked about it earlier about women being independent and they want to keep some of that. Um, I think you have to discover that during dating, and if that's something you can live with, then then you can live with that. That's not a deal breaker. For some men, I think it is because they want to. Some men, I think, like to have control or feel like they have household. I don't have that big an ego. My thing is, as long as I can trust you, I I do believe a woman needs her independence. But here's the key question: I think, as we talked about earlier, when you lose your job then women tend to rely more on security than men. What's your feeling about that? When you say when you lose your job, can you kind of be more clear about the question? Um, Well, uh, from a security standpoint, I think, in my opinion, women tend to want the roof over their head, the basics. And when that becomes shaky, then that causes discourse in the marriage. So the security is very big, and and I think women's mind more so than men, because I think men understand that, yeah, we're going to go through rough times, and and presumably we're going to get through the storm. Now during dating, everything is peachy creamy. You're going out to the movies, you're going out to parks, picnics, you're going possibly on some trips when you make this commitment, and maybe you don't experience any storms together. But now that okay. you're in a marriage or possibly cohabitation, which that's another subject, uh, you, you run into a rocky storm, and the security that the woman felt that she had with this gentleman that, as, as Dr. Sproul said earlier, is very secure and he's powerful, he's lost that power, I think that rocks the relationship for women. Dr. Okay, Alex. I got you. Well, here's the thing. Some... Um, some people will be in long-term relationships, and, and quite frankly, I think that that um, is best because what happens when you have a really short courtship is often what you describe. The couple doesn't really have a chance to see how the other is going to react when the storm hits, and so they have nothing to draw on, and they can be very much blindsided when tragedy hits, someone dies, someone loses their job. I mean, the reality of it is we live in a life that is um, fraught with suffering and peaks and valleys. And sometimes, hopefully, if things are stable, you're thinking, thank, thankful for the things that are stable because you know that there's going to be a period of time when you're going to be challenged. And so if the nature of a healthy relationship is not so much how well you do when everything's great, it's how well you do when those storms hit and do you begin to blame one another? Do you begin to say, this is not what I bargained for, this is not what I came into it for? So then really the tenets, if you're married, is for better and for worse, but you only really meant for better, not for worse. And that then speaks to, quite frankly, 
the lies that you tell yourself. Because even these hardball questions that we're saying that you need to be asking your partner or the person you're dating to then determine in your assessment, doing your due diligence, whether or not you can go to or should go to the next level, before you get to the engagement of those questions with another human being, you've got to ask yourself some hard questions in terms of what your deal breakers are, what your tendencies or propensities are, what your preferences are, and what you will and will not tolerate. Um, and what can, what can you live with? Um, and you have to ask yourself the question, am I being fair if I would have difficulty with a partner losing them to their job as a female, yet if I lost my job, I would then expect for them to be okay with that? Because the reality of it is we're not talking about somebody that, that gets themselves fired. We're just talking about what's going on in the recession and what's inevitable with a lot of households these days. So I think that, that you know, it, it bears the importance and the value of even the conversation that we're having now for each and every individual before they get to that level of thinking that this is the one, that they really become very, very clear with themselves as to whether or not they're prepared to engage in a long-term relationship such that it would require the stretch, them stretching and being available even if, quite frankly, everything is not exactly as they would like or when there are storms that hit. And Dr. Chipotle, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they if answer. I would, uh, <laughs> general tendency, I would definitely say that uh, I can see uh, females being rocked a little bit more uh, by financial hard times than men. Um, I think men uh, probably is not as shaken by it. Like you were saying earlier, uh, it's not as such a uh, high need. They, they, they'll keep it moving. And I think what I've seen on the male side is that if, um, if something disturbs the sex, then the men get all upset and flustered. And uh, <laughs> we have to learn, uh, again, the importance of what we were saying earlier is that highly compatible couples aren't dependent on just a few things like um, money or, or sex and these types of things. And because they're highly compatible, they have more holding them together. And when you're with somebody, you're not just with them for the sex or you're not just with them for the money, then that helps you to stay together through the, through the uh, hard times. But marriage is for richer or for poorer in sickness and in health. And so high level of compatibility is definitely something that is too often ignored and we need to pay more attention to. Yeah, yeah. I, definitely, I definitely agree, but I want to add a piece to that, and that is that for the women who are more rocked by, you know, uh, a financial storm in their relationship, if, say, their spouse loses their job or they are having some financial difficulties, for the man who has been taught to be the provider of their family, they can be rocked in an emotional way as well because they're not providing or not able at that time to provide that security and often are taught not to be able not to be emotional about that. And so subsequently that can lead to um, lots and lots of uh, destructive behavior sometimes um, or internal uh, depression around their situation where they're then not really, really being um, able to be the best in that relationship even though they're having financial difficulties. So I think that males and females are responsive to that kind of situation very differently around security and pro providing um, that can be really detrimental. If they're not able to provide, be, um, you know, have a resource like you're providing to your clientele and I'm providing, 
uh, here in Philadelphia, and there's many other therapists around, and that's the importance of them being able to talk through what their disappointments are, what their sadness is about, and then figure out ways to not blame each other for those storms in their relationship and to grow through them. Yeah, I I agree with that. Men's uh, our worth tends to be um, wrapped up in what we achieve and our status and being able to provide, and uh, and we need to recognize that we still have value and worth. But it's also a healthy thing to have that level of responsibility. I actually am more concerned about the men who don't, uh, who aren't concerned about their uh, ability to provide. Those are the men that concern me <laughs> the most. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> You know what? We're going to take a music break, and then when we come back, both of you kind of mentioned it, and we're going to talk about some of those questions, but more so as time is getting uh, closer. We're going to talk about the sex segment of this particular due diligence and uh, hardball questions. But right now, uh, both of you will stick around with me. I'm going to go into a little bit of Marvin Gaye here inside the Love Zone and just ask our audience the question, what's going on? Come on, talk to 
That was on our show That's Friends of the Love Zone The First Kiss Here inside the Love Zone My name is Mike T And if you'd like to speak to either of our guests About your uh, relationship And uh, if you're dating someone new And want to get some insight Give us a call right now 347-539-5729 Phone lines are open We have another half hour to go That telephone number is 347-539 5729. Give us a call. You can talk to Dr. Tupo or Dr. R.G. Allen. They are here to answer some of your questions. So the phone lines are open as uh, I'd like to bring both our guests back in. And we're going to go into our uh, sex segment uh, on this particular side of the uh, hour. I want to talk about that as far as our dating and due diligence um, because I think as you've probably seen in the news lately, uh, there's been a lot of uh, sexual activity amongst stars. And I always say they kind of uh, mirror what society is doing. And when you look at the Tiger Woods situation, I look at that as when you're dating someone, usually uh, in most instances, the sex is great, it's pretty frequent. And I have a scenario that uh, usually I kind of allude to that when two people are on a different sexual frequency, it probably is going to cause one to cheat. Now, you've gotten to the commitment stage in the dating phase. Now you're in the sexual phase of that, and sex is great, and it's almost, as I say, like uh, HBO on demand. And <laughs> and then you get married, or as Dr. Chupo and I discussed earlier, a child comes into play, and the sexual frequency for the man He's not satisfied, whereas at one point he was getting it maybe five, six days a week. Now it might be down to two. The question I have for most people is do you know your sexual frequency? And if you have a higher appetite than your mate, um, what what is not going to cause this person possibly to cheat? So, you know, in the Bible they simply boil it down in a lot of areas of compatibility as unequally yoked. But when we're talking about sexual frequency, I think that tends to be a problem in relationships. Dr. Allen, Dr. Tupo, um, when people come to your offices with that being possibly one of the straws that's going to break the camel's back, what have you seen on the latter part that they could have seen up front during the dating scene that they now it's kind of at the end of the road for them? Uh, I I think Oh, go ahead, Dr. Tipo, if you want to share your thoughts. Go ahead. Okay. What I see is that, um, one, that's a really, really hard thing. It's almost like a moving target because, um, you know, oftentimes what we present in our courtships are representatives. If people are um, choosing to have a sexual relationship with with their partner and they don't have any children and they have more time, and so there's an intentionality around their way in which they spend their intimate time together, then it beca- it's not really as much of a problem. 
And then if you ask the hardball question and they're answering it honestly where their frequency, one has a higher sex drive uh, or libido than the other, um, it is really hard to gauge because our bodies organically and biologically and chemically change. So somebody could have a very high sex drive, and over the years, whether it be that they are not eating right or whether it be that they're on medication or whether that be that they're working a swing shift, there could be so many variables that could possibly change their sexual appetite. And so you've got to ask not just the hard ball question on the front end, but you've got to continue an open dialogue uh, around sexuality. And you've got to be fair and honest with the fact that um, our sexual um, life, our sexual um, prowess changes over time, especially with when it comes to children. And while, you know, we want to be fair to our partners who may, um, may have a different sex drive than us, there have to be compromises over time and allowances for the ways in which our lives change. Um, and I don't think that um, that needs to be specifically a deal breaker or, or should be a deal breaker. But where the deal breaker is, is that there's no conversation around what to do about it or steps to take in order to, to be more congruent with the sexual relationship between the couple. So that's sort yeah. of my thought process about it. Yeah, I'm very much in agreement uh, with everything that uh, she said. Uh, just to, to add on to some of that um, is that here's another reason why you need to be highly compatible because hopefully you're not together with a person just because of the sex. Because it is so fluid and it does change over time developmentally throughout a relationship, uh, you need to be prepared for that and have something holding you together. I'm dealing with a couple now uh, with uh, where the male was not honest up front in their dating relationship. She had so many other... Uh, good things going for her uh, that he figured he could deny the sex part because she wasn't uh, her libido wasn't strong and she wasn't sexually as, as free as he was and so now it's coming back to bite them in the butt uh, because he wasn't honest about that and because it was such an important thing to him uh, now he's very frustrated and she's very conservative and so now we're working uh, with them to kind of loosen up and to be freer in their sex life and it's a it's a hard thing for him uh, to be patient with that. So we have to be honest about that uh, up front, and hopefully you be with somebody that's compatible. But also, like she was saying, recognize that throughout the uh, development of the relationship, things change. And it will not always be the way it was when you were first uh, getting together and everybody was like rabbits. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, de- I can agree more that, you know, if sex is just one dimension, it's a very important dimension of the relationship, but it is one dimension of the relationship amongst many others. And so there's got to be ongoing dialogue about it, and there has to be a way to, to ebb and flow just like anything else um, that we have to deal with in the fluidity of life so that it becomes just a part of the ongoing dialogue that we continue to have in terms of satisfying our partners in other ways as well. And I think the other piece that that I would add to that is that just as um, sexuality is very, very important to a lot of males as well as females, so is the romance very important to females. And too often I do think that people do a, a bit of a bait and switch so that often in the courtship women are more uh, sexual with their partners than uh, the males. Um, and then, you know, as the time goes on, 
they're not as much or there are other things that come into play. But the same thing can be true for that courtship where you, that male was always intentional about really being um, very, very supportive and romantic and taking the female out and before you know it, they're married and, and they're sitting in front of the TV saying, why do you, you know, stop bothering me? So I think that, you know, you've got to still continue to um, hold on to some of those ways in which the couple operated during that courtship. And while you may not have the frequency, as you talked about, Mike T, the goal is to continue to have the quality of those tenants that you offer to one another on the front end of your relationship. For your, for your male list, Mike, this is what I, if they want to know how to keep it hot in the bedroom, this is what they need to do. They need to preheat the oven. All right. <laughs> All right, you got to preheat the oven. You got to keep it warm. You got to keep that fireplace stoked, and which means that you've got to uh, constantly uh, communicate, be affectionate, pay attention, and do these things. And then when you're ready for a, quickly, for a quickie, it's more likely to happen. Yeah, and lovemaking for a lot of women, as you were talking about, Dr. Tapur, happens outside, too often outside of the bedroom on the front end of the experience. And so that's sometimes that, that whole disconnect between males and females in terms of really beginning to understand what drives your partner, what turns them on. And for many women, it's often about the attention. Sometimes it even is about that male helping them out with the things that they're around the house that they're so overwhelmed with so that they can be freed up to take a long shower or a bath and feel really elegant and feel really female, uh, feel really beautiful, and then move into the second tier outside of that floor play, which has happened in the morning or that evening when their partner said, let me do the dishes, and you just go up and chill and relax. And so there's, very, there's lots of creative ways to really begin to stoke that fire, but oftentimes we're not being creative enough, and oftentimes couples are not intentional about knowing their partner's love language, and that's really, really important. And women need to stop wearing those T-shirts and sweats to bed, too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I knew that that was coming. I knew that was coming. But you know what? I, I, I actually, be, to be perfectly honest, I concur with you that people need to be fairly consistent with what they were doing. And if they weren't doing that when they were dating in the courtship, then they need to continue to honor the ways in which they presented themselves in that relationship on the front end. But that goes for both parties. And so because men are very visual, maybe it's about what the woman's, the woman's garments and things like that. But because women also desire lots of um, attention in other ways, then that male needs to continue to do some of the things that they were doing on the front of that relationship too. And so maybe it's not about sweats for the woman looking at their partner, but it is about, you know, them tending to their femininity, giving them little cards, telling them they're beautiful, articulating that in ways that show that woman that they feel special as opposed to shutting all of that down and uh, sometimes couples being very passive-aggressive because they're not getting their needs met. Now, my problem is that they, we're, we're talking about hardball questions and due diligence, and you, you're trying to find the real person that you're going to be with later on. Now, everything is great during the dating and the engagement. Then, as both of you alluded to, it changes. And let's talk about, I, I saw this recently, you know, is oral a deal breaker for a lot of people? Is that a deal breaker? Now, so let me pose it to you this way. 
that's an element of the sexual relationship that's happening while dating, maybe during engagement. Then, for one party or another, or, or, or I don't know if you guys have run into this, where you know people are conservative while they're dating or in engagement, and then when they get to marriage, the guy wants to be the man, and now he's demanding or requesting whatever word you want to use, something that wasn't frequent during the dating or engagement phase. And let's, let's just hypothetically say that's oral. Uh, vice versa for the woman. And you both alluded to things change. Now, if that's a deal breaker for, for people and they were doing it in the beginning and that's upsetting the balance of the relationship, how have you both dealt with that change where someone, a partner doesn't want to do something that they've been doing, uh, what I call the honeymoon phase? Have, have either of you dealt with that? Uh, I would say both of us, sure. You know, um, and I'll, I'll make this short, that that really a lot of this speaks to maturity um, and couples being able to talk about their desires, their wants, their needs, the ways in which they have preferences for lots of different things, in a, you know, inclusive of their sexual preferences. And, you know, that can be a barrier to intimacy if they're not talking about it or if they're acting, out, acting that out. And, and so, you know, at the end of the day, couples have to begin to delve into what is really difficult, what they're not satisfied with or what their concerns are, and then try to be mature enough to really talk it through, grow through it. And that may even mean, to be honest with you, that they get to a place where something that they really desire, they, they may not get that need met. Because the, the real deal is that no one person can meet every single need, nor should they meet every single need, even in a long-term relationship. This is not Burger King, you have it your way. So, you know, part of us being human and different means that amidst all of the things that we have to contend with in relationships, sometimes we don't get our needs met. And for lots of different reasons, because we haven't raised this, but this is for maybe another discussion or a you know, uh, another time or what have you, but there are such things that impede the sexual relationship, i.e. related to sexual dysfunction. And sometimes mm-hmm. people are experiencing sexual dysfunction and they don't even realize it because they've never been diagnosed. A lot of times for women that can be due to um, child abuse or sexual abuse. Um, you know, sometimes it's performance anxiety for men. Sometimes medication can resolve that and sometimes not. And so if it's never been diagnosed, but they're just not realizing why, and also menopause, that's a huge barrier to um, sexual arousal and sexual um, desire. So, again, there is such a fluidity, and there are so many variables to the ways in which we are sexual beings that there has to be ongoing conversation, and there has to be a mutual, healthy respect and consideration for ways in which we begin to compromise with one another as a couple so that we are mature in saying that even though we may not get all of our needs met, we're not going to take our marbles and leave or, you know, say this is not what I, I bargained for, so I'm, I'm done with this. There, we, we live in such a quick fix uh, sort of throwaway society that unfortunately that's what happens when people are feeling as if they're not satisfied, they're not able to really work it through and really deal with what they have, and maybe capitalize on what they do have versus what they don't. Yeah, I, um, you know, 
this is one of the uh, downfalls of uh, waiting to have sex until you're married. You know, and a lot of there's a lot of good reasons to wait to have sex until you're married. Uh, but one of the downfalls is that uh, you might be in for a big surprise sexually if you do that. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you got to Maybe you know, a big surprise and enjoy it, though, if you are able to wait and then realize that, you know, you're so compatible because of all the other things that you've, you know, dealt with over the courtship. And so it's not always that the surprise is that you're not compatible. Sometimes you can still wait and be compatible. That happens too, right? Oh, yeah, that happens too. Um, I like to be, you know, intentional. I like to shop around and make a informed. Sometimes you luck up and you buy the right car, you know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, sexually uh, it can be uh, very frustrating. I think you were putting a scenario, Mike, about, you know, what if the person was doing this when they were dating? Uh, but then when they finally got married and everything, they stopped doing it. You, were you saying something about that, too? Yeah, exactly, because she changed or her body changed. And both of you alluded, things change. So maybe she doesn't feel as sexual as she did before, and she's not doing something that she did while. Yeah, well, a lot of times the reason is because of male. Like, uh, you know, Dr. Allen was saying before, the male stopped doing what he was doing <laughs> in a lot of ways. Right, right, and, uh, right, right and not being attentive and communicating and that type of thing. And so he has to keep up doing what he's doing. And then uh, she uh, may have been sending a sexual representative, you know, that wasn't her true self before. And then uh, then the male end up feeling duped and be like, what the hell did I get into? You know, I thought you did this. (laughs) You did this before. Why you got a problem now? And so, but, People need to. That's why people need to be true to who they are, be true to themselves, and be genuine and honest. Not send a false representative in the, in the dating scene. If you don't like oral, you don't like anal, you don't like a lot of these things. Be upfront about that. Right. Don't don't false advertise. Don't do it just to get the man, or don't do it just to get the woman. Uh, right. Be be true and honest right. before you. Then you once you end the relationship, and then you say, well, you know, that's just not me. And then that type of thing, and then the, now it's a form of for a major frustration in, in the relationship. So we have to be real honest up front, and uh, be open. And I actually, I try to get people to say to wait, wait to have sex uh, later on in the relationship. Ideally, everybody has different morals and values about that. But I think personally, I think people go to sex too quickly in relationships. Uh, but they need to wait a, a while before they go there. Uh, but then um, when they get there and they start changing their behavior, like Dr. Allen was saying, you have to, have to, have to communicate when you're having these hard times. You have to really talk about it, have conversation about it, and really tell what you need. Don't apologize for what you need. Just say what you need and then ask the person to provide that for you. Now, uh, sometimes out of love, we do stretch ourselves a bit to provide the needs for the other person that we may not understand why they need that but we do stretch ourselves, and it's okay to stretch ourselves, but we should not stretch ourselves to the point where we morph into something that we're not or that we uh, cut against our integrity and our morality. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And along with the stretching yourself, there may be a stretch in terms of you expressing what you need and realizing your partner is not able to provide it. They did it at some point, but for whatever reason they're not able to, and lots of variables that contribute to that, and then being able to say, okay, this is I'm not going to get this in the relationship, but what am I getting? And how right. do I, meaning out of that and be accepting of that, 
because I'm looking at the larger picture versus yeah. this narrow-minded picture of just me, me getting that particular need met. Yeah, and men need to be cleaner down there, too. Better grooming. <laughs> well, we got seven minutes left. <laughs> and what I'd like to do before we close the show is ask each of you, for any of our listeners out there who would like to uh, get in touch with you, keep in touch with you, would you uh, do me a favor and uh, tell us your website, your contact information that you're willing to relinquish, um, email address, your phone number. Uh, Dr. Allen, uh, uh, can, can you go first? And Sure, sure. So I'm in Philadelphia, and, again, um, where I'm at, where I'm practicing is the Faith, Inc. stands for Families and Individual Therapeutic Healing. Uh, folks can reach me at uh, either Dr. RG at drrgallen.com, or you can check out the website at www.drrgallen.com. Uh, we're located in the East Falls section of Philadelphia, and if you want to just give me a ring um, and hope that within the week I'll try to get back to you, uh, the number is 267-331-5279. Okay. okay, and Dr. Turpo? Sure. Uh, uh, people can reach me at my website, which is drturpo.com. I'll spell that uh, for you. It's uh, D is in Diamond, R, T is in Tom, U R, P is in Peter, E A U.com. That's drturpo.com. And there's information there about my book, The Harmonious Way A Success Guide to Selecting a Compatible Mate. And also uh, my telephone number, they can reach me at 678. 678- Five two two six five four eight. Again, that's six seven eight five two two six five four eight. I don't know that either of you can do this. Um, we got five minutes left, but I'm going to give you a chance at it. We're going to move away from sex for one little quick question that I have about dating and family. Um, here's a hypothetical: man meets a woman, they're dating, they're in love with each other, enamored by each other. And then at some point, 90 days later, well, at some point they decide to make a commitment, so they're not dating other people. So now they've gone through that phase where they're dating exclusively. But then we got the lady who has baby's kids that he hasn't met yet, or vice versa. It could be in either situation. And the partner finds out they're a little unruly, yet they're in a committed relationship, and they probably haven't talked about disciplining of kids. What is your feeling on that, if you could do that briefly, we got about four minutes left um, on feelings about that because that might change the whole perplexity of the relationship that they had while dating individually, but now these kids have come into play that one of the other has 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 determined as unruly. What, what would you say to that? Run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> I would just. Uh, <laughs> you definitely need to pay attention to what I say. When you marry, you don't just marry that individual; you marry the family. And so, uh, I'm sure Dr. Allen will talk more about this, but uh, you have to definitely have some conversation about that um, before you get even even more serious. I mean, you don't want to jump right into it right away, but it's definitely something worth talking about. Uh, talk about uh, how the other person sees your role, whether they see your role as a disciplinarian or just to be there and not be a disciplinarian. I can't tell you how many times I heard, I've heard frustrations from the other, from the parent, from the step parent saying, that, you know, looking well, you can't discipline my kids. You're not their daddy, and so it doesn't just come from the kids. It comes from the, um, it comes from the other person as well. So 
that is uh, definitely something that cannot be ignored or stuffed down and, and just uh, be frustrated and not say anything about. Yeah, and and I agree. I mean, blended families are difficult as it is. I do not think it's fair for persons to introduce um, people that they're dating um, relatively soon to their children because they don't know if they're going to be around. The children get may get attached to that person. So I think there's cause for pause in that scenario. And then that time that you're spending courting or dating, um, you know, gives you enough time to raise those necessary questions about your, your style of, of discipline or whether or not you would want a partner who you choose to be with uh, to discipline your children and how they would discipline them and what they find important in terms of parenting or guardianship. So all those questions need to be um, on the table and dialogue needs to happen. And then once there is an introduction of the children, if you find that um, it's perhaps maybe a little bit beyond your scope or your ability in terms of parenting style, then, again, you need to really ask yourself the question, is this a deal breaker? Can I deal with this? And if you can't, quite frankly, it's not necessarily just not fair to you. It's not fair for the children to have them to enter into a scenario where they didn't create it or cause it, and then they have to deal with the aftermath of someone who is not really um, equipped or prepared to work with them and provide them with the love, the nurturance, and the guidance and appropriate discipline that they deserve. So it's, 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 I think, a paramount and uh, extremely important conversation to have, and you're not being responsible if you're not able to raise that conversation because the reality of it is now that, you know, when we become adults, we're responsible beings, and if we have children, we're even more responsible to those persons we brought into this world. And so even though it's nice to date, um, it's not all about fun and games when you have responsibility for raising a family. So the due diligence is not just around the dating piece. The due diligence is around taking care of your children and making sure that the persons that you put um, in their care or that you, you connect your children with, even if it's a partner, are persons that would do their um, uh, due diligence and, and, and offer responsibility for caring for your children even in the way that you would. Well, on that note, I am so sorry that I do that. But uh, I would like to thank you, Dr. Turfon, for uh, coming on our show this evening and uh, lending your insight and your professional insight. And Dr. R.J. Allen, it's always a pleasure to have you, and I'd love to have you both back on some of our other topics. And Dr. R.J. Allen, you uh, mentioned abuse. That is a show within itself. <laughs> and uh, I plan to do that sometime in the future, for sure. So I... on that note, I'd like to thank both of you for coming tonight. I hope our audience has gained some insight into, you know, what they should do to find the real partner. And I'm going to close this show thanking each of you for attending the Love Zone. We're going to close with the Temptations. Uh, thank God we didn't make it too hot. But we're going to close with this song entitled Warm Summer Nights. Thank you both for being here. In
night with the cool summer breeze. Oh, how nice it will be when the sun goes down. Crashing of the waves and some nice chill chardonnay in your lover's arms make you drift away. When the sun goes down, oh, you and me, we can sail together on a moonlit sea. And a cool summer breeze Oh, how nice that feels to me Warm summer nights And a cool summer breeze Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, baby Now the moon is right And there's no sun inside We're gonna dance all through the night Girl. Grab your girl and take her for a twirl. Make her feel she's in a another world, baby. 